0: G'day everyone, welcome to the Chasing Travels podcast, where you can hear about all things travel, conservation, wild adventures, and anything and everything else in between. I'm Alicia, a full-time eco-traveller with a passion to inspire and teach others about this big, wide world that we live in. And I'll be chatting to people from all over the globe who will share their stories and get you excited and pumped up to get out there. All right, guys, let's get chasing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Chasing Troubles podcast. Uh, I am tuning in today with Jess, who is in Mackay, Queensland. Um, and how we met, a little bit of a random story, but you know those times when you're just aimlessly scrolling through Insta, looking at people's online lives, and then all of a sudden you're deep in someone's profile? Well, this is how I came about to Jess from marking off the map. Uh, these two Aussies that are just cruising around Australia, taking some epic photos, um, and teaching the world about beautiful Australia. So we got chatting, and now here we are. So I'm joined with Jess today, uh, and we're going to have a little chit chat about her adventures um, and what you're doing living on the living on the road. You got two dogs. That's what I could pull from your Instagram. Oh, yeah. um, thank you, Jess, for tuning in. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you. How
0: are you? I'm going good. It's actually quite cold today, so I've had to pull out the winter woolies.
1: It's quite humid and hot in Mackay. Is it? uh, Yeah, it's a bit of a weird weather, but it's nice.
0: Yeah, we honestly, we did washing today and we're like, all right, time to put the winter woolies away. And then this random cold snaps come through. I'm only in Bundaberg, so just down the road. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Jess, so we'll get started with a few generic questions so the listeners can learn a little bit about you um, and what your whole deal is. So where are you from?
1: I'm currently based in Mackay.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, we moved here about two years ago from the sunny coast. So
0: so Queensland yeah. is through and through. Yes, definitely. Queensland yes, <laughs> love it. Um, And so you moved to Mackay for work or had you been there before and you fell in love with it and then you wanted to work there?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. It was definitely it was definitely full work. So I got offered a permanent job at a school here and we're a bit hesitant at first, but we've we've fallen in love with Macwai. There's actually heaps to do. It's quite surprising you tell people where you live in there, oh the Macwai, but there's heaps. It's so, so good. So yeah, here we are, two years later. I didn't plan to stay
0: park. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You got to love these little towns that you come across, and they're little hidden gems. Like I find it sometimes with Bundaberg too. I'll tell my mates I'm from Brisbane, and they're like, "Oh, Bundaberg, what, why are you living there?" And then, yeah, they come here and they see how beautiful it is. And same as Mackay, like it's got a nice coastline and lots of inland activities to do. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: There's so many of the locals that still don't know half the places that we go. Oh, um, really? On the weekend, like, uh, it's literally an hour away.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, so you're even teaching the locals about the epic spots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All you people in Mackay, you need to get in contact with Jess and find out where to go. Definitely. Hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have you been on the road before settling down in Mackay or are you sort of just doing like mini trips around the area?
1: Uh, So, we bought a caravan, but we don't pick that up until next year. Um, Our plan was to kind of stay here for a little bit and then head off, but I thought we'd save up. And then, yeah, next year we are going on the road full time Mm -hmm. is the plan. Um, And hopefully we'll get to stay on the road for,
0: I don't know, at least two
1: years or so. Just want to travel around and work as we go around to the different towns and different states.
0: Yeah. that's awesome. Now, that's the dream. Definitely. We did um, six months on the road last year and then came back, and we've got jobs too. So it's sort of like, okay, let's save, 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 and then get ready to go again. Yeah. It's yeah, just like, but, like, yeah, exactly. And it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, like just keep working and then it's going to happen soon. Definitely. Plan
1: those holidays and you know, stay hard.
0: And yeah. So have you got like a new U Butte off road van or is it something yes. big and fancy?
1: <laughs> um we, we've kicked ourselves a few times. So we looked at trying to get like a secondhand wine and then every time we end up back with a zone. So they're, um, they're definitely our life savings. <laughs> but um, no, they're, they're meant to be really good. They've got a low topo weight and they've got no timber and um, all that kind of stuff. So do you up, But we bought it with the intention that we're going to keep it for a long time. So That's good. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be the one caravan that'll see us through until we're old and grey.
0: Yeah, take <laughs> <laughs> lots of memories in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly in that way. Keep it under warranty and stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah, and you got to think about these things. Like if you're planning to be on the road full time, not just like a little weekend away, you got to yeah. think about okay, no, this isn't just you know in it for a couple of nights. This is life.
1: Yeah, and that's it like we want to work and stuff, and we've looked at you know smaller ones and. I think it's important to have your own space as well. So we wanted something that we could both be comfortable in. We've got the two dogs, so we have got to make sure they've got enough room to (laughs) play. And um, I guess the big thing was because we want to go to all these rural and remote places just to make sure we've got the capability to get there and, you know, have it. So it shouldn't um, be faulty on us in these weird and wacky places we plan to go to.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's the last thing you want, hey. Oh, that's cool. We had a camper trailer last year and it was an off-road thing. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go and work and travel and all this sort of thing. But we only only ended up travelling and now that we look back at it, we've got a caravan now and it's like, oh God, we would would have never been able to live in a camper trailer. Like it was was great and we took it everywhere, but yeah, you can't live in that forever. Yeah, I
1: I feel like um, the camper trailer is pretty good. You you can get into lots of places and easy to set up. But yeah, I feel like the big thing for us with caravan is like midges and sandflies mm-hmm. and rain. And it's like, oh, we're going to be working. And, you know, the last thing you do when you come home after a day, is like you just want to be
0: comfortable. Yeah, that's it. And like it, it sounds like a great idea. Like, oh, I've got this new beaut outdoor kitchen and this nice big annex. And then after three hours of setting up, the last thing you want to do is then, yeah, cook outside and it's raining and there's midges. You just want yeah. to open the van, get inside and put the kettle on or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> what well, good choice on the caravan um so all right i'm going to do a fast five questions just okay. to kick us off um sunrises or sunsets
1: oh that is tough um sunrises because then you're up and you can enjoy the rest of the day
0: yes starting it fresh and early Um uh, mountains or beaches? beaches Easy. beaches <laughs> yes diving or hiking Oh, I'd probably say diving. I'd have to say diving, yeah. You are a scuba diver instructor, so (laughs) I um and if you were stuck on an island, what three things couldn't you live without? Oh, three things. That doesn't include
1: people and dogs, does it? (laughs) It can include that. Let's let's make it include that. (laughs) Um, okay, so all three things. Probably I want like a mask or something so I could actually go out and you know swim and snorkel. Um Probably should bring the hubby and the dogs. Like, <laughs> yes. Like tools out of what's on the island, I
0: guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You can yeah. go and find your food, and you can just adventure around in the water.
1: Yeah, pretty much. As long as I can get out and swim, because if it's an island, I'm assuming there's coral reefs and stuff nearby.
0: Definitely, it's like the best like, island you'd ever want to be stuck yeah. on. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's probably some something so I can get out and. For the ocean and then make it on the island <laughs>
0: yeah I love it Jess I love it all right so um have you always had the travel bug or did you just wake up one day and you and your partner were like let's go traveling I've,
1: I've definitely always had it I can remember ever since gosh I was you know a little tiny one we used to do road trips my grandparents are down in Melbourne and it was almost like an annual every Christmas we'd get in the car and we'd road trip and I think that just fueled it. Ever since then, it was any excuse, road trip overseas. Um, And then, yeah, I met Colby and he's the same. He's always loved travel. So just lucky I found someone who wants to travel around as well, doesn't mind putting the career on hold a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: See Australia, so.
0: Yeah. How about you? uh, Yeah, yeah. It's a bit the same. Like from a young age, um, the parents always had us out camping and road trips and that sort of thing and then um, when I was a teenager we started going overseas mainly to Southeast Asia and um, yeah the travel bug just bit so I would be probably overseas right now if it wasn't for all this madness but I'm loving being in Australia discovering all our hidden gems and earning some Aussie dollars also is helping. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Helping the old bank account. Um, so, with my stalking, uh, I found out that you are a marine scientist and a scuba instructor. So, how did that come about?
1: Uh, so, I studied. Well, I guess first up, I still remember at school we were trying to figure out what to do after school. And a lady came from JCU and she talked about marine biology, and I was like, "That's amazing! I want to do that." Um, so, yeah, I went up to JCU and studied. And then after I finished, I realised that I could do all the volunteering in the world, but not always a pain job at the end. <laughs> uh story of every marine biologist life, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then I managed to, I was down in Byron Bay and I was volunteering at the local dive shop down there and um, they had a dive master internship, which was pretty cool. So I thought, yeah, why not? And then dive master turned to instructor and yeah, it was pretty sweet, pretty sweet job,
0: definitely. Yeah. And so I how long have you worked? Work-
1: Pardon? I was saying I got to share my knowledge finally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And um, how long were you doing that for?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I probably did that for about four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the last company I was working for, they had like a certificate course that they did with um, year 11 and 12 students so they could get their QCE points. Um, And that was cool. So we had like lots of teenagers coming through and I was like, oh, Kids aren't that bad, maybe a public <laughs> teacher. <laughs> so I went back to study and, yeah, got the teaching degree.
0: Nice. So were you in Byron for that whole four years?
1: years? Um, I was in Byron for two and then got my instructors in Brisbane and then scored a job on the sunny coast and just kind of migrated north.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Kept chasing the warmth.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was hard to leave Byron though. The reef there is amazing.
0: Yeah, I've never dived in Byron. It's on the uh, list.
1: Yeah, it's, um. I was going to say time of year or the other whales in winter, which you can hear, which is pretty cool, but I'd have to say probably February is kind of when you get like oh, 10, 15 leopard sharks and sometimes you see manta ray.
0: Oh, sick. sick. Yeah. Is that your favourite place to go diving, Byron Bay?
1: Hands down. Yeah. My yeah, favourite. Okay. Just of all the things you can take, because the currents, you've got, um, because of the obsolescence at the most easterly point, you've got the southern currents and the northern currents meeting, and so you kind of get a weird mix of some different animals and things like that. So I think, yeah, not many places you can, you know, manta rays and turtles and leopard sharks and wobbegongs all in the one dive. So.
0: Yeah. It all the boxes.
1: Yeah. It oh, that's cool. it.
0: Have you done much diving overseas?
1: Um, I've only done, I did a little bit in Spain years ago for some volunteering. There was a lady who was uh, researching seahorses, so I went out and (laughs) was diving in this little bay, which was like two hours in two metres of water, just going down, trying to see what these seahorses were doing. Um, And then other than that, I've only managed to get to the Philippines. I've always wanted to go to like Indo and places like that, but I guess that's probably where I would have gone if COVID had not hit
0: yes well coming soon. yeah yeah um i want to learn more about the seahorses so what was she looking at
1: oh she just she lived there so this like she was a marine scientist and she moved there and she was diving and she just found these seahorses and there was a whole um there's a whole research thing because they're such funny little species but there was a bay and she was researching if they were affected by all like the tourists and stuff um and there's heaps of rubbish in the little bays, especially during, like, the tourist season. And so we'd go out and we um pretty much map where we were seeing them and we were um, recording any other, like, keystone species in that area as well. Um, and, yeah, she had, like, a few little bays and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So she was just sussing out, like, how big they were and if they were pregnant and tracking, I guess, her little population of seahorses in this little bay just off the um, wow. which is north spain i'm
0: pretty sure okay and do you know what she ended up finding
1: i don't to be honest it was a few years ago and yeah but um i'm pretty sure she just kind of um just found that like it was a pretty steady population like they didn't really they came back every year and she was kind of worried that with all the tourists and boats and stuff like that that they would disappear but i think she's left now but followed it for a little while and she just kept finding um yeah there was these little seahorses that lived in the bay and they were there was almost nothing there in some of the places, just like little seagrass and wow. pretty barren. And you just see this little tiny sea. It took me a while to figure out because they kind of blend in. So you'd be swimming along and you'd almost like run into one <laughs> of these little horses and like, oh, here you are, you're this far from the shore and stuff. But I probably should refresh my memory. But Kenna Eco Diving was her. Sort of
0: okay.
1: Wow, oh, that's cool. sick. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool.
0: We'll
1: see. <laughs> I up to dive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get my dive master,
0: so it's good. <laughs> That's perfect. That's what you want. Two birds with one stone, bit of volunteering, helping some citizen science and yeah. dive master hours.
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: It was a good combo. <laughs> perfect. Um, and then you've done some stuff with Coral Watch, another stalking moment that I found.
1: Yeah, um, our school actually, as part of our, so the school I teach at, we do a practices, which is a year 11 and 12 subject. And every year, the Year 11 Aquatics class, go up to Hardy Reef, which is about an hour out of early Beach. Um, and we go out and we, yeah, we look at the coral bleaching, which is on that particular reef. I'm not going to lie, it's pretty bad. It's really mm. rough. And last year we went out, I think a week after they had one of their worst bleaching events, and that was pretty confronting, mm. I guess. But um, But then I went this year to another reef, which... Not all the tourists go to, and it was a lot healthier, so it was kind of a bit reassuring to know that there's other. But, yeah, that's cool. Definitely, I think when we do our lap around Australia, I'm going to make sure I've got some coral watch slates and yeah. just do some science stuff as we go.
0: So what sort of stuff are you looking for? For someone that doesn't know much about coral bleaching, can you give us like a couple of minute info session on that?
1: Yeah, sure. So there's four different types of coral and on the slate that you get, you kind of get like a little picture. So you've got the plate coral, big plate, boulder coral kind of looks like a brain, um, branching coral, which I guess looks like branches and (laughs) soft coral. So there's four different types of coral and it was um, developed with the University of Queensland and they've found like the four key colours that corals can be, especially the ones that are susceptible to bleaching. um, And on each Side of this like square slate, it's got a dark color which is healthy, and then it's got a white kind of block which is obviously bleach. And you literally, you know, diving or snorkeling, you just dive down to what the coral is, and you kind of match up where the colors fit, and you find the darkest point and the lightest point, and you just record that. And then you actually get to log on to the Coral Watch website, and it you can do like a whole analysis, and you can see how many scores you got. Obviously, if it's Less than three, it means that a bleaching event has happened. If it's around that middle range, it means it's healthy. And if it's obviously nice and dark, it means it's really healthy. So, yeah, yeah, we get a little snapshot. And the best thing about it is, like, our school's gone out every year for the last couple of years, so you can go back and you can actually even compare it to other places and see your reef's doing compared to other places. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. We did something... like that in the philippines and uh it was with coral watch as well and so this um dive center they had got in touch and they'd got all the equipment and yeah we were all out there with our little slates like trying to color match it and this sort of thing so um for anyone that's listening if you're interested in coral and if you're heading out to the reef any reef um and they can just pick up these color slates right would you have to just sign up with coral watch
1: yeah, I've looked at it and I'm pretty sure it's about 15 bucks and they send you out um, like the instruction and a whole bunch of stuff and you get the slate. And I think if you pay a little bit extra, there's another one, which is Eye on the Reef, which you can, if you know, if you're really into it and you know your different species of things, you can almost do like a bio blitz. So you can count colours and, I mean, not colours, <laughs> count fish species and all the different things that you see out there. But, yeah, I think for about um, just like a single set, it's like 10 15 bucks and it's waterproof so you can just Mm -hmm. write on the water with pencils
0: so yeah that's so good and it's sort of like I mean if you're out on holiday and especially all these families that are traveling with kids at the moment that's such a great lesson um, especially if they're interested in conservation and the environment a great way to get um, kids and any communities involved with um, you know citizen science and even just your time and effort is going towards a big project for how we can help the reef in the future and what sort of status yeah. it's at. So that's really cool that the school's onto to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And um, we had a lady from, oh, can I remember, never Tauranga Blue? She was talking oh, about yeah. uh, information like that, you know, informs policies and stuff. So anyone who's out there collecting data, you know, you might think it doesn't make a difference, but it does. You know, it's extra bits of information that they can use to track and...
0: Definitely. And I mean, like without research, they can't put numbers to government agencies to put in conservation parks and marine parks and protect certain reefs from, you know, tourist boats, for example. Like, okay, you can't go to this reef for this year because it needs to repair itself. Um, And then, yeah, they can report back on that. So, yes, data sounds boring, but actually it's, it's worth it. Um, And it's really great that all these organizations are so accessible to the public that like that Tangerau Blue, you can just jump online and report what you picked up at your local beach clean or, you know, whatever you found while you're out walking the dog. Um, And it could all go into this massive data system. So I love it. I love that sort of stuff. Uh, Data nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Someone's got to be. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, So you have a pretty big drive for protecting the ocean or has it sort of just evolved over the years?
1: I think. No, it's, it's, I've always I've always had it, to be honest. Like, we grew up around the beaches and stuff and the, going from diving where, you know, sometimes you're going along and you see different animals suffering from plastic and you see um, fishing hooks on, I used to dive on a wreck on the sunny coast and you'd see fishing equipment even though that was marine park and, Um, even then through teaching we do whole units on like threats to the ocean and just being confronted by all that you know it's definitely it's drilled at home but Mm -hmm. always always had that I feel like a calling you know Mm -hmm. to try and do something about it because you know if you can inspire change and if you can get more people to do little tiny things it's definitely you know Ripples cause waves. So
0: yes, 100 percent Ripples cause waves. I love it. That can be your that can be your opening thing for the podcast. <laughs> and so on that note, um tell me about marking off the map. Like you have some plans for this sort of thing to be part of your travels, right?
1: Yeah, so um we've got marking off the map, which is our travel page, but we've kind of got like a little side project that we're starting up, which is called Bush to Beach Education, which is that's going to be the name of it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the plan is to travel around and hit up rural, remote towns, um, try and get into schools, get into, you know, get in with the council, do school holiday programs, caravan parks and do lessons based on, like, ecosystems and then do some based around litter and plastic and how that affects those ecosystems and try and get kids outside, in nature, engaging with it and kind of, I guess, seeing seeing that direct cause and action, you know, seeing yep. the, not just, oh, I'm seeing this on the news or I'm yes. seeing this on social media actually going out there and getting them to interact and stuff. So Yeah.
0: I feel like this connection was meant to be because I've dead set had this conversation with my mom. I've had it with my partner <laughs> and Bush to <laughs> Beach has actually come up in our <laughs> <laughs> list of names.
1: Yeah, yeah, we put up. Um, We've
0: got a little Instagram page. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, we're definitely going to stay in contact for this, if you'll have us. Um, (laughs) We can pause together and make change. Um, And 100% getting people out there and in the environment, I think is like the biggest thing because, like you said, you can see it on social media, on the news, um, even in the classroom. (laughs) Yeah, like a PowerPoint of a turtle eating a plastic bag. We've all seen it, but until you get out there and you pick up Plastic bag after plastic bag, or you know, you're picking up toothbrushes and cups and um, you know, instant noodle packets, all these things that we use every day without realizing it. And then you pick up a hundred instant noodle packets, you're like, oh my God, I never want to see another instant noodle yeah. packet. Like that's that's drawing the line for me. Yeah. Um and I mean, I know that's sort of hard to say too, because instant noodle packets is a diet of a lot of people all over the world. Um, And like with all this sort of thing, it's so good to have people see that, but then also like not go down the doom and gloom path and just be like, okay, make a, make a small change. Like guys, you've made a huge impact by just being out here, collecting the data and getting involved with this. And, you know, hopefully one of those kids in the class goes home to their, Parents, and then next time they're at Woolies, you know, they're not buying the plastic toothbrush or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. just that's thinking, really great. Yeah, you're um, you're traveling for a good cause.
1: That's the plan. Spread, you know, spread the word and kind of um, that's it. And you know, if you can get one person to change a habit and then you know, they tell someone else and they tell someone else, you know, it really does hopefully you know, inspire a bit of change. And I just I feel for this next generation, you know. Yeah. They hear all the negatives so I feel like it's so important to go out and give them the tools to go instead of you know thinking oh the world's you know Mm -hmm. a bad place there's no point instead give them the tools to go okay this is where we're at what can I do to you know make an impact and change
0: that yeah I love it and can we throw the hubby under the bus is he as mad keen as you into conservation or have you pushed it on him (laughs)
1: Oh, uh, no, he's, he's the one who's there, you know, kicking me, going, come on, Jess, you know, you need to get this up off the ground you need to do something about it. And, um, yeah, I love teaching, but there's a lot of other stuff that, you know, you're kind of stuck in the classroom. And he's been one of the big drives, I guess, going, you know, you, this is what you want to do, so put your, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> essentially get there and start doing it. So,
0: And, I mean, you know, like he's, doing what you love, why not create something that you can put all those things together and go for it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I did drag him until we were near um, near our place, there was a the beach and we, you know, like a little picnic hut kind of thing, rotunda or whatever they are and we're walking past and we noticed that there was, gosh, like heaps of city butts, like mm. someone just that was their spot. So then I was like, all right, let's go back and, you know, make sure we've got the right stuff and we probably spent about an hour and I can't even remember, we counted them, but there would have been over a 100 and something and I got into Pick them all up with me. And then I don't I've walked back a few times and I haven't seen any. So hopefully whoever it was realized
0: that, oh, they probably should put these in the bin. I should put these in the bin, yeah. <laughs> and that's when yeah. you need some little um like ciggy butt bins with your bush to beach thing on it. <laughs> Boom, put it there. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will just this has been great and I definitely think that. We're going to stay in contact and hopefully we can clean the beach together one day. That'd be absolutely epic.
1: Yeah, tea at the big event, get all these people listening involved. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, so where can so people cool. find you if they want to follow along with your um, events, your travels, your beach cleans? What's the yeah. best place?
1: So, at the moment, I guess marking and the map kind of gives an idea of where we are. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I'll we'll have an Instagram page and Facebook for both marking of the map and bush to beach education and there is a website but it's still under development so the plan is to i'm stepping back from teaching full-time next year so i'm going to work on it so hopefully in the next i don't know eight months you'll start seeing it a little bit more but yeah yeah it's a good place and facebook so
0: yeah perfect well i will be sure to drop all that information in those show notes guys so that you can follow um jess and sorry what's your husband's name Colby, Colby, and Jess, and Colby all <laughs> are like the cheese. He's gonna
1: hate that he, said that. he hates
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cheese. <laughs> What's the dog's names?
1: Um, Jimmy and Fred.
0: Jimmy, Jimmy and, Fred. and Fred. No cheese there.
1: No, no cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should have gone with like brie and camembert or something. Oh,
1: that would have been too good. <laughs> Bickies and cheese. As big are
0: Mickey's and cheese
1: is perfect. Next ones. <laughs> Chip and dip. <laughs> So
0: many many possibilities.
1: Yeah, I love it. All right. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, no worries. I got one more question for you. Okay. Um, And it's the last one that I've been asking on all the podcast shows. So if there was a stage in front of the world and you had 30 seconds to tell the world something, what would you say?
1: Uh, I would say that anyone can make a difference. Um it's so important to go out there and either educate yourself or talk to people who know things about the world, things you're curious about, and don't be afraid to make a change because that's how change starts. It takes one person and, as I said, that ripple effect. You know, super important. Um, meet people, meet life, like-minded people, go out there, see the world and try and leave it better than you found it.
0: Yes, boom. There you have it, guys, just from marking off the map. Thank you so much again, and we'll definitely be chatting soon.
1: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Alrighty, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you got any value from this, you learnt something, or maybe you laughed just a little bit, hit the subscribe button, share it on your socials, and make sure that you tag me, Alicia Petrie. That's it from me. See you next week. Have a ripper day and get out there and get chasing.